Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Today I want to continue a series, and it's entitled Called to One. And we've been talking about that. One of our points we've gone over already a couple of weeks ago. Pastor Jen spoke last week, but one of our points we hit hard two weeks ago. I want to hit it again. But we're called to one. Why? What's the big deal? Is one, is one important? Jesus was one and he changed the world forever. Some of you that you heard the gospel, you say, man, I, there was a person in my life and I believed the truth and I accepted Jesus and it just took one. Some of us, it took more than one. But how many of you know, if you're important to God as one, then everybody individually is important as one. Everybody. The one. Somebody say, I'm the one. Yeah, you are. Let's go to Luke chapter 15, verse 3. Luke 15, 3, and I've read this before in this series. I've, I've got to read it again. It's so powerful. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he's found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I've found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. You know, years ago, we had, we had two golden retrievers. They've since passed away and gone to heaven. But one of them, she never wanted to get away from us, but she was a wanderer. She'd just wander off. She loved us. I believe she'd probably come home, but one time we were in the mountains, and she just wandered out the front door. We were in Rio Doso checking out some properties for retreats and different stuff, and her name was Izzy, a little red golden retriever, and she just wandered off. And, man, there were houses, and we didn't know the area. I'll never forget. And it's amazing when you lose one of anything, Especially something that's alive, and more importantly, a person, or the one that's not saved. That's all you can think about is the one that's missing. I'll never forget, we were up in the mountains with our two dogs, me and Pastor Jen, summer of 2020. And she goes, I don't know where Izzy is. She got out of the front door, and we were in Rio Doso. We didn't know the place, and she just wandered off. Just took off down the mountain. And the sun was starting to set, you know. And Jen said, I just need to get a glimpse of her. She, we got to get her. And behind a trash can somewhere, she'd wandered off smelling a scent. And she was this red color, thank God. But Jen saw her, and she went and got her. And it was the one. How many of you know in that moment, you're just worried about the one? You ever lost a kid? You don't have to raise your hand. Please. I had a cousin. Uh, I don't know how distant. He was a coach in Central Texas. A man, and he'd just been awarded Father of the Year, some crazy good award. This is a true story. And one of his kids wandered off and was over wandering near the traffic not long after he got the award. I'm not making fun. I'm just saying life happens. One of his kids got away from them. Who knows? A little kid. I remember my other cousin was like, man, he just got father of the year and his kid wandered off. Life happens. But in that moment, all you can think about is the one that wandered away. This shepherd, that's a symbol of Jesus. Man, all he cares about is the one that's lost. 
Is he worried about us right now, concerned about it? You say, well, God doesn't worry. You know what I mean. Is he concerned? No, you are saved. You're on your way to heaven if you've accepted Jesus. He's concerned about the one that is lost. Can I get an amen in this house? The one that is lost is so important. So very important. Someone say the one. Mm -hmm. And you're called to one. You're called to one. Let's go to 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9. And look at this. This is a powerful verse. It says the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Someone say he was patient for my sake. He's not being slow about his promise. He's, you know, like some people think, no, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be what? Destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Wow. How many of you recognize this verse? How about John 3.16? You know, people have made it trite. You know, back in the day, they'd, they'd just put this sign up at, at football games. And, you know, John 3.16. But this, man, you, you've memorized this verse. If you know any verse, you know this one. You're familiar with this one. For this is how God loved the world, New Living Translation says. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. How God loved the world. Say, oh no, how God just loved a select few? No. He loved the entire, entire world. Someone say, I matter to God. You matter to God. Every single person matters to God. And you know what's tough now? Is the world has gotten this twisted. They may not... They may not care about the unborn, but they will fight for the rights of transgender. Now, do transgender people matter, humans? Yes. We accept them, but we don't have to accept the lifestyle. I've said it over and over again. Do they matter? Does every individual person matter, regardless of sexual choices, of sin choices? Do they matter? Somebody say yes. We matter to God. Every single person matters. If I matter, then you matter. Everyone matters. Let's go to Matthew 25, 34. This is such a powerful text. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Wow, that's a, that's a big thing. You're about to inherit a kingdom. This is the king speaking now. He says, this is Jesus. He says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you in invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. The text goes on to say, and I'll just summarize and paraphrase, the righteous say, Lord, when were you all these things and we did this? When? We never saw you in these situations. And Jesus will answer the righteous and he says, yeah, you know what? When you did it for one of these, the least, the least of my brothers, you did it for me and you did it to me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. We matter to God. And let me, let me just prophesy to you today. Everyone in this house knows someone who needs Jesus right now, this morning. Someone beyond yourself 
There may be people in here who say, Pastor Matt, I, I haven't even accepted Jesus, or I have, and I'm not even living it. How? Well, you know what? One of the best ways to live the gospel is to share the good news. That is one of the best ways, is to share your faith. Every single person matters to God. The cashier, the worker, the yard person. I love greeting people in the morning, man. We got a crazy dog that needs a walk in the morning or he's going to give us fits. He's a good dog. He's young. He's going on seven months. He's big and fluffy. Looks like a cross between a werewolf, Chewbacca, a bear, and a buffalo. And Alf. Remember Alf? Just kidding. Ha! You remember Alf? Really? You look at him like, man, you look like a buffalo without the horns, just a big furry face and a beard. But I go, I take him walking even on Sunday morning. It's just, it's evolved into my thing. It's one of my jobs with him, and I enjoy it. There's days I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I get out there, and it's just nice. And people stop and say hi. They ask what I do for a living. Yesterday it happened. What do you do? I said, man, my wife and I pastor on the south side. Got a wonderful church man on Marlin Street. We pastor the English service. My dad pastors the English, and I mean the Spanish. And they just, there's conversation. And I see people matter. I've had folks tell me, I see you walking by here every morning. And it's amazing. When we're out, we leave, we leave the house around 6.40 almost every morning. It's almost exact, even when we don't try. Walked out of there 6.39 this morning, out of the gate. And you just see some of the same cars passing by. Sundays are a little different. But weekdays, you see the same vehicles going by, some of the same people. You go at a different time, you'll see some of the same folks. And I just think, man, everybody matters. Here they are in their little houses and their yards, and some grass is green and some is not green. And you, you see all these different walks of life. And I think over and over again, Lord, these people matter to you. So they should matter to me. There's somebody God has placed in your life. You said, man, are they in my life? I just, I just see them every, every day I get home from work at 4.41, and they're sitting there on their porch. Do they matter? Yep, that's not an accident. You need to speak up. You say, but I, am I going to go lead them to Jesus? I don't even know how to pray for them. I don't, why don't you just love somebody? Just talk to them. You have been called to one. One is your project, one at a time. At some point, some of you have heard this story, Pastor Coy Barker was a very young man. I don't even think he was 20. He may have been 18 or 19. He was crossing a bridge, and his mom and his wife, his young wife, were in the vehicle with him. Not Pastor D. This was many, many years before Pastor D. And they got pushed off the road by a Groendike truck hauling something, and they fell off the bridge and their car was broken to pieces, and Pastor Coy looked around, and his mom and his wife's bodies were broken, and they died instantly, and he climbed out of that wreck. And his pastor, Pastor Coy's pastor, Irvin Donaldson, made Pastor Coy his project. He just knew there was a call on this young man's life, and he moved him into his home with all his kids. This little bitty house, he said he would not leave him alone. He just knew. And aren't you glad that Pastor Irvin Donaldson made Pastor Coy his project, that one person. He changed lives, thousands of lives over the years, our lives. He's my pastor's pastor. All because someone saw the importance, the power, the infinite possibilities for one.
Someone say one. Uh huh. You're one. There's lots of ones out there. Would you put this on the screen? We matter to God. We matter to God. Don't you forget that. You matter, I matter. God has a purpose and a calling and a unique fit for everybody in here. You have gifts and talents and abilities. You're so important to God, but so is the next person. So is your neighbor. So is the one you see on your walk. So is the one you see at school. They are important to God. They matter to God as well. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. 2 Peter 3.10 it says, but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. My goodness. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live. Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire. And the elements, it says once again, will melt away in the what? Flames. Is that crazy? Talking about the end time judgment. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth, he has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. Well, guess what? A world filled with God's righteousness has always been God's vision. Always. Always, always, always. And it all starts with one. Someone say it starts with one. Look around you. Every day is prophecy fulfilled. The market's up and down. Stuff doesn't make sense. You say, oh, man, this is, this is a problem. This is, is it going to resolve itself? Oh, no, they have an answer for it. Pump more money into the economy. Well, that's not it. Get more of man's wisdom. That's not it. They tried that, didn't they? They say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. I've had to look into my own life for things like that and say, man, I'm doing the same thing, but I'm hoping something will change. No, we've got to do something different. And the difference now is Jesus. You've got to reach out to somebody in love and kindness and hope. Why? Put this point up on, the, on there for me. Time is running out. I can almost promise you it's going to be in my life or the next person's life. I, I, just, I just feel it. I believe it that the end times are upon us. We said it during COVID. It's, it's like the beginning of the end. Say, do we have, is there still some years? Sure. We don't know how much time, but time is running out. It always has been, but man, now more than ever. And people will scoff, say, well, they were saying that years ago. I know. But man, can you imagine? Let's just look real quick. Further proof. During COVID, Every government on the planet, just about, if not every government, agreed on the COVID virus. Have governments of the world ever agreed on anything? Right or wrong, I'm not going to get into that this morning, get on my soapbox again. Right or wrong, everybody, every government agreed on COVID. One world, one mess. But they all agreed on it. And it was one step closer to one world, a one world alliance, one world government, the Antichrist, whatever you want to call it by, look around you. And here's the other thing. The earth is in trouble, but you can't save the planet, according to Scripture. Did you just read that in Peter? It's so crazy because the devil turns the enemy, the, the world system and the enemy and carnal minds, they turn stuff around and have you focusing on the wrong thing. 
say, no, we got to save the planet. No, we got to save people. Save the planet. It's going to burn up with fire. God's going to judge it. You say, God's never going to judge the planet again with, with a flood. That's right. This time he's going to burn it with fire, and it's going to be really purified. You ever seen grass that's burnt? After it's burnt up, man turns into beautiful, lush green grass, but it has to be burnt first. The earth is in trouble and so are people. planet can't be saved, but people can. I mean, look at this. Some people worship nature even, but they forget about people, God's prized creation. So focused on the planet. Let me just say this this morning. Man, if Facebook ever found out I said this, they'd be kicking me off here. But a lot of recycling, if you really look into it, there's some that, that actually works. But the, the majority of recycling is a big scam. It's a good idea, but it's a scam. They don't give you all the information. A lot of that is a bunch of mess, and it costs more to do that, and it's a mess. You say, are you, are you trying to be wasteful, Pastor Matt? Are you against recycling? No, if there's a way to do it right, then great. But there's so many things we've focused on, and the world is dying and going to hell, and they're focused on all these crazy things. Now, are you supposed to be a waster? Are you supposed to pollute the atmosphere? Heavens no. Are you supposed to throw your trash out there and not take care of God's resources? Heavens no. But you need to focus on people. People. You can't save the planet. It doesn't mean we're going to mistreat the planet. God will judge those that mistreat his creation. But God's prize creation. Somebody say God's prize creation. Uh-huh. They're his, it's, it's his creation. It's people. The summit of all creation, men and then women. My mom used to say, you know, women, we are the pinnacle of creation. Mom said something like that. We are twice refined. That's, that's right. God created Adam, and then from Adam he made Eve. So women, you, you, you're already more refined than us. You're more pure than us, right? Whatever, however you want to look at that. But I do know this. Time is running out, and you have the answer. Don't you bury your answer. Jesus talks about the par parable of the talents. Man, there's people that God gives them stuff and they bury them. And then the, the master comes back and said, I knew you were a hard man, so I buried it. But here it is. Here's what you gave. No, God gave you something so you could bear fruit and multiply. And part of that is sharing the gospel and reaching out to people. And let me tell you something about sharing the good news. That's exactly what it is, is good news. You don't have to run up to people and scare them and say, man, did you know Jesus is coming tomorrow? You can if you feel led. That freaks some people out. They may not want to talk to you. There's an old saying. I heard it growing up a lot. People don't care how much you know. They just want to know how much you care. You can quote scripture to them later, but man, show people you care and you're interested in their lives. Because time is running out. Why? What's the big deal? Well, we matter to God and time is running out. So man, you've got to reach out to one, one at a time. Let's go to Matthew 28, 19. You know this verse so well, but we got to live it. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Reach out, baptizing in them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Say, how do you make a disciple? Well, you reach out to someone and you train them in the faith. That's what we're doing here with the spiritual warfare classes, ever-increasing faith, the different things that pastor's doing, things we're doing in Surge. Um, the pastor calls it the school of success, school of leadership. Everything we do is to disciple people and get them to the place where they can stand on their own two feet with their faith. And a large part of your faith is just reaching out. Look at this. Look at this third point this morning. Real simple. 
Point number three, it's a command for all believers, not just some. It's not just a command to me to speak the word and share the word. You're commanded to do it. He said, go out into all the world. Did, did Jesus say, just pastors, just bishops, just priests, just people who have a Bible degree? No, it's for all believers. Go out into the world. His eternal plan and vision has always been for everyone to be his child. Everyone. He wants the whole planet to be full of his children. It's just people have a choice. Let's go to Jude one twenty three. Jude one twenty three. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Hmm. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution. Hating the sins. Did you catch that? That contaminate their lives. The world's trying to force us to accept sin at, at face value and say, no, this is good, this is okay. Uh-uh. It said, pull them out of the fire, but hate the sin that they're involved with and be careful with them. Can I read that again? Let's read it again. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution. Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. You don't want to be contaminated. So we see that it's a command for all believers. I'm not done yet, but I'm going to start to summarize. Put these up there as I call them out, if you would, please. We matter to God, number one. Number two, time is running out. Number three, it's a command for all believers. And I know some of you say, well, it's a command. Well, what does that mean? Well, it must be important to God if he commanded us in this area. Right? The Ten Commandments, anything else that in the Bible that, that is a commandment, we take it seriously because He is commanding us. It's important to God, so it needs to be important to us. Now let me give you some ideas this morning. You say, I, I'm not an extrovert. I don't know how to reach out to people. Well, let, let's just brainstorm real quick. Do you have a moment? Now that I have a captive audience, you're not leaving yet, right? Glad you're here. Praise God. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your attentive ears and your humble hearts. I love you, and I know God loves you and appreciates you. How many of you can, can cook up a little something? How many of you can cook a little something or bake something? Raise your hand. Man, even there's young girls raising it. Really? All right. Not a cook or bake? Okay. All right. So you could make, make something for a neighbor. Say, man, this guy's impossible. He seems grumpy all the time. Find out his favorite type of cake and make it for him or her. If their fence is falling down, it's falling into your yard, don't just be mad at them. Go talk to them. See if you can help them fix it. It's going to affect both of you. Remember fences, boundaries make for great neighbors? Say, man, they don't ever mow their lawn. They're always in trouble with the city on and off. They don't mow their lawn. Offer to help or offer to pay someone to help them mow their lawn. Reach out to people. I went to a guy's house the other day, and sure, I had an ulterior motive. I was going to let him pay me to mow his lawn. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't go up all, you know, and just, I was going to let him pay me. I said, hey, man, you do what you want with your lawn. But I, I said, I, I can mow, mow your lawn for you. And it's one of my ways that I reach out to this guy because I'll just go say hi to him. He's disabled. He has a very tragic story. And he was like, oh, you know what? As a matter of fact, my son's coming today or tomorrow to do it. Thank you. I said, all right, that's cool. But I got to make contact with him again. I, one time I offered him salsa. He didn't want it. Big old thing of salsa from El Palomar. But I'll just find ways to just go talk to him. And I don't do that with everybody in our new neighborhood. We've been there two years now. But I find excuses or reasons 
and ways to talk to people. We say, man, I don't know. I, I'm not real outgoing like that. Then say hi. Start with that. Bake them something. Help them with their yard. You want to be real bold? Do what Pastor John and them do for the help of home. Knock on their door and say, hi, can I pray with you guys for anything? That throws people off. In all the years of doing that, I've been doing that since I was a teenager, can I pray for you? I've had one person refuse it. One that I can recall. It was the other day. I told a guy, he lost his mom recently. I said, I said, can I, well, can I pray with you? And he got all uncomfortable. He said, well, I mean, you can do whatever you want, but you know. I was like, all right, come on. He was at work. I, I kind of reached out for him. He said, oh, no, not here, but you know, you can just pray for me. It won't hurt. You know, I, I don't even think he believes in Jesus. I said, okay. I said, well, you have my word. I will pray for you. Only person I ever recall saying no to prayer. Don't be ashamed. They, they can take it or leave it, but you're called to reach out because they matter. Say, what else can I do? Well, ask the Lord for ideas. But you can start with high. You can start by giving gifts. I'm telling you right now, did you know even Scripture says that gifts open the door for you? In our last neighborhood, I used to just generally go, hey, we have too many vegetables here. Or we have something. We have, somebody gave us extra watermelons. Would you, would you go? I had some neighbors that would accept everything and eat it because they had a bunch of kids. They were like, thank you. I mean, a part of a cake watermelon, peaches, grapes. Man, there were times Pastor Jim was doing these fruit platters and stuff. We were, we were hustling some of those and, and giving stuff away and selling some. And we'd have extra, and I'd take it over there. and go, thank you. Sometimes, man, they'd be taking it in the house before I was done handing it to them. <laughs> like, we're gonna make, like something from a movie, you have like a bear in a cave, like grab something, he just goes backward, takes it and pulls it in the cave. Okay, bye, I love you, I'll see you later. See you the next watermelon run, you know, whatever. Make conversation. You want to have friends? Scripture says show yourself as friendly. Be friendly to people. Some people go, I don't have any favor. Well, have you reached out to somebody? Pastor Jen quoted the scripture, and that goes for finances, but it goes for everything. Give and you shall receive. And what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. You comfort people. You bring joy to their lives. You be available. You show them love. You're going to receive all that. Let me go over my points again before we pray. Number one, we matter to God. Mm. Someone say, I matter to God. Someone say, we matter to God. That's right. See, that's, that's why this is so important. What's the big deal? Why is the one, why is the one person so important? They matter to God. Number two, time is running out. Time is running out. And number three, it's a command, man and woman of God. It is a command. Who has God placed in your life? You may have those that you say, man, I'm just going to give them a card and invite them to church. I don't really know them. Then you have others that you enter into relationship with. There's been times I gave money to someone on the street, and yeah, you don't know what they're going to do with that money. They're going to smoke it or do do something crazy with it. Turn that into something they can snort or shoot up. I don't know. But people are likely to listen to you if you hand them a little bit of money, too, sometimes. If they have a brain in their head, they'll slow down and go, okay, thank you, you know, tell them I'm praying for you. Come on, man, I invite people to church. You're always welcome. Are they here this morning? No. Nope. But Scripture says God has revealed himself to all mankind, and you are the avenue and the channel through which God reveals himself to people. 
Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Part of God's beautiful purpose and plan for us is to be saved, but to help others come to the knowledge of salvation in Jesus. Scripture calls it the ministry of reconciliation. What is reconciliation? Making right. You've been called to serve in helping people get right with God. Let's start here this morning. Is there anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, if I died today, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. I've never accepted Jesus. If that is you, raise your hand in this house. I'm going to pray with you today. We'll pray as a family, I promise. We will not embarrass you. But we want you to make a public confession of Jesus. If that is you today, you say, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. Would you raise your hand? I will pray with you. We'll all pray together. I promise. Raise your hand this morning. Giving you just a moment. This is for everybody in this house and everyone on the live stream. All right. Pray this prayer with me, please, and then I'm going to pray a blessing over you before we go this morning. Everybody in this house, please repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me. I need your saving grace. I'm a sinner without you. My sin has wanted to destroy me. Please forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again for me. See, I confess Jesus is Lord of my life. Say, I believe. Say, Lord, thank you for saving me. I need you. I can't do it without you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet with me, if you would, please. You can look around. Look up here at me. If God spoke a little something to you at least this morning, I want you to raise your hand because we're going to pray that that falls on good ground. God spoke to you something this morning. That is his word. That's not my word. Let's agree. Keep those hands in there. Father, I thank you for your people and the word they've received today. It's fallen on good ground. It's going to grow into something great. Lord, you've called them to greatness because they're your children. They're to serve you with gladness. Lord, they're to be lights wherever you've placed them, in their jobs, in their neighborhoods, among families, among crowds. Lord, they are your people. We are your people. We're the apple of your eye. We're the sheep of your flock and pasture. I thank you for everyone in this house and the calling and beautiful, beautiful purpose and design you have for their lives. I give you glory and praise today for them. The blood of Jesus is over them. Let me speak this priestly blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Smile upon you and be gracious to you. Give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. In Jesus' name, amen.